Welcome to the Sales Unscripted Podcast, where it's not what you're saying, but who you're being while you're saying it that matters. Sales and scaling your business is what drives the engine here. So drop in, buckle up, and hold on, because we're about to shake up the sales game with the man behind the mic, Jim Padilla. Hey guys, Jim Padilla here, Sales Unscripted. So glad you stopped by, where it's not about what you're saying, but who you're being while you're saying it. Big, big theme for us is helping you make more sales without you getting better at selling. You'll see that theme through everything that we teach. And our guest today is no exception to that, Beth Davis. She's a friend, she's a colleague, she's a mentor. She's somebody that I respect. She's somebody I've grown to have a powerful, awesome relationship with, and you're gonna see why. And she's, um, she's done so many things. She has really accomplished much in her life, right? And she's, she's known as the Palm Pilot uh, for the soul of your business. She is literally a palm reader and one of the best in the world. And she really has this insane ability to just extract your core genius and your uh, your giftings from your palm. And it's not just the palm. Like personally, I actually haven't had her read my palm. She read Cindy's palm, but just her ability to read people and situations and circumstances. And you know, you might even have doubt. I, sometimes that's where my brain went to. When I first met her, it was like, eh, I don't know about the palm thing. But my whole thought was, you're just so good. Like, I, here's my belief. <laughs> I'm so good at reading people and knowing people that you could give me your palm and I'll come up with something. But it wasn't because of the palm. It was because I, I can see and feel and read you because, you're a connection, because of your connection to me, right? Now, I'm not discounting her ability. Again, she's one of the best in the world at what she does. And she's been around this for a long time. And she's been... Uh, you know, she's been hired by some of the you know, top leaders in business uh, and industry, and she's been interviewed on some uh, amazing places and, um, on T ABC. Um, she's been in the you know Women's Journal. She's been in Women e Women Network. She's been NPR. She's been so many places because her opinion is sought after, and she's a world changer. She's somebody who has rolled and changed with the times and uh, and and the changes in business and, and the global economy, and she's just somebody who's fascinating. And I've seen her at work and I've seen her challenge environments and lead people and hold people accountable to making a powerful decision and saying something that needs to be said and, and being unapologetically truthful about what she shares and how. So I think you're going to love what, uh, what she's talking about. Pay attention to some of the insights she provides about scaling because I think it's fascinating. We're a scale company and she's got some really good insights um, about what cautions you should be putting in place to be scaling and going to challenge some of you. Some of you are listening to this. You're going to hear why you may not actually be cut out to be an entrepreneur, but no matter what you're going to be, you're going to be impacted by this next call. So enjoy the hour, enjoy the time. And I want to hear back from you when it's all done. All right. Here we go. Awesome. Beth. So awesome to have you here. Been looking forward Thank to you. this. Um, always great things always happen wherever we have conversations and we have struck up conversations in just all kinds of places, restaurants, uh, hotels, uh, wherever. And um, it, it's never a dull conversation. We're always diving into something, even though it never starts out to be anything serious. It always turns into something monumental because we just start creating things and, and, uh, and figuring things out. So um, I want to know more about what's going on with you. Uh, this year? What's what's up for you for 2019? Well, a couple things. We have our 
a year-long program called Life Purpose Mastery, where we, we work with uh, clients from all different kinds of industries. We have uh, engineers and doctors and coaches, various people, and we help them uh, do what I call align their design, align to their design, and design their business around who they are. Yeah, and, and, and it's awesome because in order to do that, you have to be able to help them understand who they are, which is one of your core traits. It's one of the things that you do best. It is. That is that is probably my greatest skill is knowing people's correct seat, their right position, their their best use of their uh, strengths and talents and capabilities. Yeah, and we're going to dive into a, a few different things because um, you you've got you've got a lot of experience in the industry. You've been around this for a while. Um, and I was actually doing some other research because I know you personally. So sometimes you take that for granted. So I started digging around, Googling you, researching things. And I found an interview that you did in 2008. Um, and you were talking about your name because I didn't realize that you used to be Beth with an E and you became Beth with an AE. Um, and it's more than just a name change, though. It was really about your identity. Yes. Yeah. And so uh, tell more about that. Well, I was born Elizabeth Edson Davis. My middle name was from my dad's side of the family, and both my sister and I had family names as middle names. And I never resonated with Elizabeth. No one ever called me Elizabeth. I grew up being called Beth, and my name was Beth Davis, which is a pretty boring name. So I thought, <laughs> I want to spice up this name. And I also am into numerology and um, I love math and science and I also love numerology. So I wanted everything to be the right frequency. So a friend of mine's a numerologist and she's also a classical composer. And the way she looks at things, she says, well, you know, mathematics is the outer science and numerology is the inner science. Astronomy is the outer science. Astrology is the inner science. And I thought that makes perfect sense to me. And so she looked at my name. She said, you know, if you put an A in front of the E, it's going to be very powerful for you. I changed it. I eventually changed it legally. And at one point I had hired this PR expert and she said to me, she said, oh, that name change was brilliant because everybody asks you about your name, don't they? Everywhere I go, my name starts a conversation. In the store, when I hand a credit card over, they'll say, oh, how do you pronounce that? And right. I'll explain to them, like, did you change it? Yes, I did. Why? And it starts a whole conversation, and then I'm able to find out about the person and uh, have them share with me as well. It is a, a natural conversation starter. So I always recommend to people, if you have trouble talking with people, have a strange first name. That's yeah. difficult to pronounce by looking at it because it automatically starts conversations. That isn't why I changed it. Right. However, it's turned out to be a great marketing tool. So, you know, it, it, speaking of marketing, it's very interesting because Cindy and I, as, as you know, you know, we've been together for a long time. We were 23, almost 24 years now. And um, what the very first time I met her, we actually met through an online service before online dating was popular. Right. And I used I got a fax sheet of <laughs> of what her traits were and all of her stuff. And it, her name was she spells it C-Y-N-D-I. And I immediately jumped out because I'd never seen it spelling that way. And I was like, oh, I like that. And even now, you know, 24 years later, when I see her name, I'm like, I just like it. I like that because it's not the normal C-I-N-D-Y mm -hmm. or Cynthia. Yeah. You know, it, it does, it, it just tracks. There has that, it, it was a marketing message almost to me because I was like, yeah, I like that. You know, drew me yeah, in well, more it than also, I not have. <laughs> well, it also says <laughs> that the person is willing to stand out, is willing to not blend in. 
Right. And I, I, I think conformity certainly has its place. Nothing is black or white. I wish that it was, but most things are not. They're just not. They're very gray. And there are times when it's important to conform. There's a uniform you wear depending on the environment that you're in. There's certain protocols we follow to get certain results. And I'm all for that if it's serving the highest good. And then there are places where conforming is limiting and holds us back and causes us to blend in in ways that aren't useful. Uh, so it's knowing when and where to stand out uh, as a marketer that I think is important. And it's not always your turn in the spotlight. So it's knowing when to recede into the background and then when to step forward and a name presents that opportunity because if someone isn't interested, they're not going to say anything. I love that. That's a, that's a, that's a really, that's not a statement you hear often. And it's not even a perspective that you hear often that it's not always your turn to stand in the spotlight. And I think one of the biggest struggles in business and, and even in life is we spend so much time fighting and striving for significance when sometimes your significance isn't necessarily to be on display it's to be felt by others. You know, you're always going to be. Right. Well, you're already significant. So this right. is the thing, like the search for significance is fruitless because nothing from the external can ever fill you up. No amount of applause or money or rewards will ever make a person feel full. Now, most of us figure that out by the time we're 45 or 50, our ambition starts to sort of naturally. Right. Emper. Um, but yeah, I, I think that especially in the, in the, in the world of social media and selfies, you know, people are talking about getting likes and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, does it make you any money? Like, is it actually growing your business? Uh, because if it's not, why are you doing it? Why, why would you even care? But I get my significance from inside of myself, not from others. Right. And my confidence comes from within. And because of that, I know I don't have to ever push or exert myself. I can enter into a situation from a place of total trust and know that what's supposed to arise will arise the right people will appear that I'm supposed to talk to or they will talk with me. I don't ever have to prove myself. And if it is time for me to shine, I'm going to be prepared. So, you know, a lot of times I watch people go on stage. Oh, I can't tell you, Jim, that even here in LA, the number of events I've been to lately. Oh, and these people know how I feel about it because I've told them flat out. And I said, go ahead, use my name. Right. So badly run. You would have thought it was the first event ever. It was like an event run by a child who'd never been to an event, which of course is BS because these people go to events every day of the week. Um, but I, I, I'm just sort of constantly surprised at how ego inserts itself into group undertakings. Yeah, you and I have seen this. <laughs> yes. How ego inserts itself into group undertakings and it misses the point entirely. So if we go back to the premise of your show about sales, the entire point of a sales conversation or interaction, whether you're doing it on the stage to 500 or 5,000 or 50 people, or you're having a conversation on the phone, is to determine what that person's pain points are. That's it. And then whether or not the service that you're selling, if it's not your own company, you're a salesperson for that company, if the service you're selling can truly help that person or not. And if it can, and you know that it will because of your track record, your client testimonials, the money in the bank, you know you've got something solid, you're, you're really being irresponsible to not drive home to them and close that sale and really use some force and determination to close that sale. Conversely, if you know the person isn't right, you have integrity to honor, 
and say to them, I'm not going to offer this program to you for, and tell them why. I don't think you're ready. I think it's out of your price range. I, I, I think you already know what to do. Um, I don't know if this, the, the values of this company match with what you're trying to achieve. Uh, I can give you a referral. Yes. So, so, so much of what is being asked of us is to know the appropriate response, right? To know at an event when it's your time to get on stage and when it's time to shut up because the timer has already run over by two minutes, you need to get your butt off stage. Right. And when you're on the phone with a client or prospective client, and many times you're re-enrolling a client, is to be so detached and so in a place of unconditional love uh, total support, total service. You know, I see the desperation in people and it's completely unnecessary. I'm like, I don't care if you have bills to pay. That's not my problem. You know, your bills are your problem and they're not your prospective client's problem either. And if you're just there, I got to make this sale, then you should go find another profession because that energy is toxic. Yes. It's toxic. The only thing that will make this world better for humans because humans are doing a good job of trying to destroy themselves um the only thing that will make this world better for humanity is the energy of, of service and right. being you know operating from the highest highest integrity so i want to i want to jump to a couple of things you just said there because um you know obviously we're very in alignment which is why we you know we get along so much and we've also had some some challenging conversations with each other because it's just part of the gig i don't even remember them but i believe you <laughs> i don't hold on to anything so yeah. I'm, if it's challenging great but it's it's cool because some of the things that i've seen you do i've never been in a you know seen you in a private one-on-one -on -one conversation with a, with a potential client but i've seen you publicly and i've seen you know i've been in masterminds with you and been in environments and i always see you speak for what you actually believe so that if you totally agree with something you're in and if you don't you're very clear that you don't want that to happen and you want to see it addressed and i you know i can think of a couple of specific masterminds where you know you pivoted a conversation that kind of derailed the day as so it seemed because everybody all of a sudden it became about let's solve this problem because you couldn't see through it to clarity and it was like you know you were calling out you know the person in front of the room with 50 of us in the room and it became a, a, a powerful discussion and that was the first time i saw you do that i was like okay she's clearly doesn't give a crap what anybody thinks about her right now she wants to get to the truth oh i care but people how what people think about me is less important than doing the right thing right and so i don't okay. always make friends you know right. i know there are people who dislike me but even in that instance because i know the one you're talking about the person in question who i challenged has reached out to me in the past few months and in her own way really um, made peace with me, made amends with me. Right. And we sort of circled around it and addressed it. But I am a very compassionate person and nobody's perfect. And we've all been in a leadership role where it went south. I, I don't know a single person, because if you're a business owner, you're in a leadership role with a team member leading a meeting. You know, I've been that leader where I was in that position. And so I did in that situation, which I wish someone had done for me, which is call me out publicly. Right. Because what I can't stand is finding stuff out through gossip, through this, well, you know, so-and-so said, I said, listen, unless they're gonna come tell me to my face, it's really none of my business because they're just chicken. You right. know, I don't have time for that. Like be a grown up. I mean, my biggest mantra now, Jim, is that human beings, adults in the United States of America need to put on the big boy and girl panties and grow up. Yes. You know, I'm like, oh, the government, listen, 
the government's disintegrating before our very eyes. And it's actually not a bad thing. I don't want to get into huge politics here, but I don't even play sides because honestly, it doesn't even upset me. I just watch the game play. I vote. I do my part. I, you know, I do my part. But we're watching this breakdown. And the way I look at it symbolically, and this is how it applies to our business, is that we've been very blessed the past couple hundred years, despite slavery and everything else, there's been evolution, more and more rights and freedoms for people and systems have been put in place, right? Like running water and police and fire people and all these amazing services. And that really takes a cooperative effort to keep all that going. So as those things sort of start to shift and, and, and mold and change, what I see is that we as, especially Americans, I can't speak for other people, but as an American who lives in the United States of America, I was born here. What I see is that the reliance on daddy is over, like really over. And so you know what I'm talking about? So I'm all for supporting the weakest, the children, the elderly, the mentally disabled. I mean, come on. But for able-bodied people, the United States of America, if you can't get it together, you're never going to get it together anywhere. Right. Like if you can't make if you can't get it together to make a living and learn how to manage your money, we've got a serious problem. And I think the problem is people are wanting to pass the buck to someone else. Well, it's my senator's fault. It's my childhood. It's my, you know, really, is it? Because at the end of the day, all you got is you. And so the biggest transformation is 100% responsibility for everything. Now, I say this from the standpoint, I've been dealing with stage three cancer. My doctors tell me this cancer has been going, I'm gonna use cancer as an example, just to show you what I mean personally. Um, it probably started about 10 years ago, maybe 15, and it's related to some dental work and a genetic issue and a problem in a marriage I was in. I mean, there were a bunch of factors where my body just freaked out. So needless to say, I'm on the good side of it now. We finally addressed the cause. I'm on the right treatment, which is non-toxic. And my cancer has regressed 70% in one month. My tumor marker levels are now way below. They're in the normal range. And um, the disease is just leaving my body and my health is just boop, boop, boop. So what's my point? Well, my point is I take 100% responsibility for the cancer. It didn't happen to me. Right. It's happening. It happened. Circumstances conspired. But I think the reason I'm not dead, really, honestly, because the fact that I'm not dead is a miracle. The reason I'm not dead is, one, I made the decision to live. Two, I took all my power into my own hands and made my own decisions. I did my own research. I listened to my own intuition and I took 100% responsibility for the outcome. And I sometimes would have three, four doctors saying, you're crazy and you need to do this. Several of them had cancer themselves and those people are now dead. So my point is that I'm not always correct, but most of the time my intuition is, is right. And taking full responsibility for my healing has transformed how I look at the world. And it's also made me not mad at people. I don't need people to be a certain way for me to be comfortable. I don't need you and I to get along. We don't have to agree about politics. We don't have to agree about sales process. We don't have to agree about anything. And I can still love you and appreciate you and hang out with you. Because right. I don't need Jim to change so Beth feels better. The only thing that's going to change Beth's world is for Beth to change. That's it. 
So I have brought that frequency into my life. And it is like amazing because all the dramatic people actually left me. They wanted nothing else to do with me anymore. Cause I was like, you know, I don't want to play this game with you. This is BS. I'm not doing this. Yeah. I don't want to be in your drama. And they're like, what do you mean? No, no, no. I, I can see that. You Everybody know? who is they're a just drama like, filled person is not going to be comfortable in your environment. Cause I look right through them <laughs> and I'm like, what, why are you putting it on me? I didn't create your problem. Like it's not my problem. So that's, that's what's been so freeing. So, you know, people they've got, Oh, they have a cancer diagnosis. I'm like, calm down. Your body knows how to heal that. Usually the roots of cancer are super simple. Most cancers can be cleared up easily. It's, there's no cure. It's because cancer is a bazillion diseases, you know, and I'm going to actually, that's a whole other project I'm going to work on. But that experience showed me like, oh, I'm in charge here. I'm in the driver's seat of my own life. Yes. So that's that. Anyway, that's, that's where all this comes from with regards to politics. Like I said, I don't play sides, but just watching where people get so angry. And I'm like, well, go do something about it then. If you're that upset, then go, you go build the train. You go build the victory garden. You put your building on solar power. Like you do something about it. Just being mad about it is just, it's just a waste of energy. Really. Totally. I think, you know, the reason I I want to let this conversation go where it goes is because it all pertains to sales and business and all part of the process. Because one of my challenges is I'm very politically minded. I'm very in tune to what's going on. I don't let it impact me personally, but I'm very aware of it. Um, because I also want to, you know, it, it impacts my Same. clients. So Same. I want to know how to affect them. Yeah, right? the law, all of it is oh, very yeah. important. Um, Tax law, that impacts one the, everyone. One of the challenges that I see from people is that we're too busy trying to unify, unify around the wrong things. Like, you don't unify around parties. You unify <laughs> around solutions. You unify around <laughs> idea. You That's know, right. I can be total in alignment with an idea that, Trump or whoever says, and be in complete disalignment with another idea it says. That doesn't mean I'm out of alignment with him or the Republican Party or conversely on anybody on the other side. It's just, I, I'm about the idea. That's a good idea. That's a bad idea. Let's focus on the good one, you know, or how do we make the bad idea better? And it's the same thing in business and sales. You don't need to be the total solution to everything in somebody's life or in their business to be able to be unified around this idea that you can help them bring to fruition. Right. So totally. But that and that is all about that's not about sales tactics. That's right. about clearly understanding who you're talking to, knowing Absolutely. yourself well enough to know how you can serve them or if you should serve them. That's right. Right. And those are things that you directly solve. Those are things that you you speak to in your everyday life and that you've mastered over over the course of years. And um, so what I would actually love to hear from you um, before we talk a little bit more about your um, your event and is you've been doing this for a long time. You've played big game and you've played intentionally chosen smaller games. And what do you see as the difference? And what are the commonalities as you know, as you're playing a, a, a safer game, I could say, I like calling it smaller, I feel insulting. I don't care about the words, but no, it is. No, I intentionally chose smaller. Yeah, That's correct. the right word. But you, you, you chose to, to pull back. And when you're playing at a big level, what are the things people here are listening there? We're all about scaling business. So, what are the things they need to be that hold constant and what are the things they need to be, you know, in, willfully and intentionally well, prepared for? This is what I know from studying so many people's designs is not everyone's designed to be an entrepreneur. Newsflash. Yes. Oh. 
the majority of people are designed to work in collaboration with a leader who is an entrepreneur. So that's the first thing is be honest about who you are and what you really like to do. If you don't like sales, you don't have to be in sales, but you're not going to be an entrepreneur. Like entrepreneurs are risk takers. Like we do crazy stuff. Like yes. we're willing to like bet it all. Like I bet it all and lost a couple of times, you know, and I'm like, cool with that. I'm like, whatever. Well, it'll come back. Now, if you have a high, high need for security, you're not going to approach business that way. So first of all, you've got to really honor your needs. And there are people designed with a high need for security and it's literally in their gene code. And those are the people we need. They're the ones that do things by the book. And yes. they're the ones that make sure that the water isn't contaminated and that people are following the rules. And we need every type of, of person. So first is just knowing um, the type of person that you are. That's the first thing. Now, as far as scaling, I think people get way ahead of themselves. You should not spend more than you earn. And I'm a big believer in Mike Michaelowitz's profit first. So on the 10th and 25th of the month, you pay yourself, you pay the IRS, or you put your IRS money in an account and you pull out the profit before you pay anything. And you take the profit first. I love watching my profit accounts grow. Yes. You know, so you're profitable from day one of your business. You get paid, and even if it's just 1% profit, psychologically what that does for you is it puts you in control. So my first recommendation is to read Mike's book and follow it. Do what he says. It's the, one of the best finance books I've ever found. So yes. setting up your business for profitability is A number one. The other thing about scaling is people make more money and then they spend more on stuff they don't need. They think they're going to need it in the future, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, do more of the work yourself. People like too soon trying to delegate. I'm like, you can't afford to do that. Like, what are you doing? Like, relax. So if people ought not to scale unless it's being asked for by their audience and there's an there's a surplus of money because you need a surplus to scale and your profit has already increased so that's what i would say to people about scaling is most people should not if anything they should practice the law of decrease make more money and cut their expenses that's how you actually get wealthy you know most of what we're taught i was reading this in the newspaper and i was like finally someone said it the three keys to wealth earn more money save more money cut your expenses now most of the financial advice is save money, cut your expenses. But you know, you don't want to be living out of a cardboard box. The only solution is to make more money. And for most people, it isn't, they don't need to hire more people except a salesperson. So, so the thing I encourage my, especially my clients starting out is I'm like, look, you need the first person you need is a bookkeeper. You've got to be on top of your money. You don't want to get slapped by the IRS. I've been audited and it was easy because I'm super organized. And this year, especially, if you're not organized, you're going to miss opportunities. People have to get their poop in a group, as my yes. cousin used to say, <laughs> right? Get your poop in a group. Shovel that crap and get it, use it as fertilizer. Get your papers filed, get stuff in the cloud, have a good bookkeeper, get organized. And then the second hire is a salesperson who really knows how to sell, who's so good, they'll work on pure commission. Um, you know, I know salespeople, they easily do 150 and up a year. Uh, on a 10% commission, uh, working for coaches and, you know, other people in the, in the self-discovery industry or self-improvement industry or the, you know, online marketing, digital marketing industries. Um, so those would be the first two hires. And then I would be like, until you're at 20% profitability, don't hire any more people. One of my mentors was like, you should only have one hire for every million dollars you make. 
one higher for every million dollars. And that, I've really stayed with that. So right now I'm the only employee of my company. I have about seven subcontractors. They all work part time, but they're, we're part of the team. We have team meetings, what have you. And I'm not in a position to bring on an, another employee because I yeah. did have, my business did average about a million, between 900,000, a million a year gross for quite a stretch. And then I got divorced and then I found I had cancer. So I intentionally employed the law of decrease and I cut my activity by half, which cut my income by half. I had to let a lot of people go. And that was actually a good thing. I had to cut huge expenses. I'm still paying off the debt. The alimony's paid, so that's a plus. Um, and I had a lot of medical debt. So most of the debt is almost done. But I just said to myself, my health's my priority. And how lean can I live without being in a cardboard box? Um, and I live just fine. You know, my, my partner and I were leaving for a, a safari next week that I won as an affiliate. Um, so we're going to South Africa for two weeks. You know, so life is good. Life is really good. But I would just say to people, you know, don't get bigger than your britches. Look at your numbers. Are you zero debt? Is your profit account filling every 10th and 25th of the month? Do you pay your taxes on time? If you're not doing that stuff, you're not a business owner. You're just an expensive hobbyist with another job who's running a deficit, which is 98% of entrepreneurs I've read, or 95%, don't have right. any clue how to manage their money. And if you don't figure that out now, you're going to be like those 95% of people, no matter how much revenue you bring in, you justify spending, oh, we need a bigger office. You don't need an office. Nobody needs an office nowadays. Nobody right. needs an office. I mean, you might need a place where you sit. Like you and I have a place we sit, but I can do my business from a coffee shop right. just for interviews. I need the good microphone, but like, do I need an office? No, I work in my living room, but I look at the ocean. It's right. good. Um, so it's, that's the thing about scaling is like, if you're going to really scale, cause you've got something awesome, get capital. It's easy to get capital and get capital when you don't need it. I get capital loans a lot. I usually keep hundred, 150,000 capital loan going. Because I never know when I'm going to need that money for a new initiative. And then I don't have to scramble. The interest right. rates are low. I do it right through PayPal. I used to do it through a family member. But I thought, no, PayPal does the same deal. The interest is slightly more than the relative. Right. You know, and then I'm no family relations involved. So fortunately, I had someone to ask. But if you can show some gross receipts and you don't have a huge debt load, get the money when you can get it. Not when you need it. Because when you need it, you won't be able to get it. Because you need right. it because you're in debt. So I always say to people, uh, my clients, like, get that loan in place. Don't spend it all, but just have it there. If you want to transfer some of it into an interest-bearing account, let it sit there. You can do that with a loan. Um, be smart about this. And I think uh, the, the, every day someone puts off not cleaning this mess up, they're, just, they're not really an entrepreneur. I don't know what it is. It's a... Uh, it's hoping that they'll get the big hit, which is kind of what America's designed around. You know, most of our movies are like, oh, I was discovered, or oh, the person breaks into fame, or oh, they win the lottery, or oh, you know, some angel, you know, Morgan Freeman descends from a helicopter and, you know, <laughs> making it up and says, oh, you've won God's famous lottery ticket. But in fact, the same thing that keeps you fit, like going to the gym every day and not eating sugar, is the same with your money. It's the little bits you do twice a month, right? The little drops, 20 bucks in the account here, 200 there. Now I have most of my stuff on auto withdrawal. So every month I know that this chunk of money is just going right into those accounts and I don't touch them. 
So unless all that's set up, no one's in a position to scale. Everyone just needs to calm down and go, wait a minute, I can't scale. I have debt. I owe the IRS. I can't even pay myself. This is a joke. Most people buy a big house. Don't buy a big house. Downscale, go into a two-bedroom apartment, drive a crappy car. Those aren't investments. The house you live in is not an investment until you sell it. Right. Until you sell it, it's just a pit you pour money into. Right. So these are, this is like the common sense stuff. So when you ask me about scaling, like most people shouldn't do it. They're just not in a position to do it. And if they really want to scale and they want to scale fast, they need a lot of capital and they need a really good CEO type COO and CEO who know how to manage the scaling process, who have done it before, because you don't want to mess with that stuff. Right. Then you got HR considerations, you got tax issues, it's a big, hairy thing. And the individual doesn't have to be aware of it all, but they've got to have the right people and they've got to have the capital that gives them cushion to scale appropriately. Yeah. So for the small business owner, it's like, what are you doing? Get your shit. Sorry. Get your stuff together. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Yeah. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I, I haven't said a word um, in the last few minutes. You just, you're, you're, you're hitting a lot of great points. Um, and, you know, we talk about that. It's like, you know, scaling is a word that's overused, I think. Um, and I think that no matter what, everything she's talking about, have a CEO, have a COO, have a plan. Be sure you have, you know, you're not just reacting to something as an opportunity. That's right. That's um, right. And, and always partner with people who are specialists. I'm a huge proponent of specialists. I don't, I don't, at this stage in life, there are way too many experts out there to have a generalist on anything. So get the people who are actually an expert at doing what you are looking to do. Of course. And that way, and and people who've done it, like we, you know, we're a scaling company, so we help people scale business, um, but we're very selective with who we can work with because we, you know, sometimes we can scale people right out of business if they're not prepared. So we have to make sure they've got the right infrastructure and what, or, or they they have a building plan that we can justify Just and support. Look at their books. You know? Say, listen, if we're going to work with you, I need to see all your financials, all of it and your personal. We're not working with you. How much debt load do you carry? How leveraged or over leveraged are you? Like, this is the thing I'm getting into with my clients. They have to sign like a financial honesty statement. Like I'm not, I'm not messing around with this stuff because people lie they yes. just lie. And it's, again, it's back to my earlier comment. It's ego. And my question to most hum- of humanity is like, what, what are you doing? Like, where are your priorities really? I mean, at the end of the, your life, you know what studies show? The only thing that matters is how well you were loved and how well you loved others. Not how much money you made. No one comments on their deathbed. Gee, I wish I worked more. I wish I'd hired more salespeople. I wish I'd become a billionaire. No, no, not a single human has ever said that. Like, wow, I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd gone to church more. I wish I'd had more vacations. I wish I was a little more grateful. So, and I think I can say all this because having faced down death a couple of times, like I have a whole different perspective. Like I don't have anything to prove. I'm right. here to serve the, the light of the divine, of God. And I'm here to be an asset in people's lives, not a hindrance. And so if I can't help them, I'm not going to attempt to. Only if they're asking. And if they're not asking, well, they're not asking. Yes. And that also speak to you know something you said a few minutes ago about trusting that intuition. And I believe that we all should be trusting it more. One of the biggest failure points for most people in business and in sales is not trusting that intuition. You know, your intuition says, ask this question now, and you're afraid to, or your intuition says, don't 
don't let this person hire you. And you do it anyway because you needed the sale or whatever. It's like trust, whenever I don't trust my own instincts, at some point later, it comes back to bite me. Right. Yeah. Well, people are afraid of temporary discomfort for long-term gain. I mean, look, Jim Jones got people to drink a bunch of cyanide poison Kool-Aid. Now, I'm sure some of those people had an intuitive hit, like, maybe we should get out of here. <laughs> now, that's an extreme example, but I watch people do dumb crap all day long. I'm like, how are these people buying from this person who's an obvious charlatan, right? Like, I can watch someone on stage, and I'm like, this person's a complete liar. They don't, they don't believe a word they're saying. They just think it's hip. You know, it's like when people start talking about spirituality or whatever, and you know they don't know the first thing about it. They just think it's a hip thing to do or, you know, whatever. Talk about whatever's hip and new. And it's just nonsense. So I always say to people, like, watch how easily you're manipulated. Because like that NLP stuff on stage, I'm not a fan. Yeah. And they're like, raise your hand. And how many of you? And get up and get down and slap your neighbor's hand. I'm like, oh, oh, no. I will stand for two more minutes of this and then I must leave. I'm a grown-up person. Talk to me like I'm a grown-up. I don't need you to manipulate me to make a decision. You either can deliver the result or you can't. And the thing is, those people that get the big rushes to the back of the room and they get the big sales, they have huge return rates. Right. I have almost no returns and I've been in business 21 years. You right. know, I, I'm, not, I'm not here just to get somebody's money. I want to build relationships. I want a community. I want to be someone that's seen as a resource and who is going to be reliable. And I think it's interesting that almost every person I've had a falling out with in business has come back to me at some point and said, wow, you know, I, at the time I said, I know you didn't like it, but it was the right thing to do. And I yeah. do it again. And they're like, and that's why I still want to be friends with you. I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to be friends with you, but you know, like, thanks. You know? right. No, I'm joking, but, uh, but not entirely. Um, I, I think all of that's so important, especially like, you know, in do an the right space, thing. We, do we the spend right thing. a lot of our time supporting events, obviously. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I, I just told somebody this the other day. I said, we, if you're looking for the ultimate amount of conversions in the room, we're not your company. That's just gross. Because our goal is not to squeeze every sale. Our goal is to make sure we provide a phenomenal branded experience right. that will lead to people being around tomorrow if they want to buy tomorrow. That's right. And well, that way it's, it's about them. It's not about making sales. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, long-term, we have a higher net conversion because we keep people around longer. Well, they stay we longer. They buy more. They buy exactly. more. As opposed to forcing them to buy now because you have to make, well, you don't money. force them. Correct. This is the other thing. I mean, too. If, well, but, but a lot of people do, they put so much pressure and people are so un uncertain of who they are that you can take advantage of that and put them in a place where they don't want to say no, because they know it's going to be uncomfortable and then they cancel on Monday. Well, I have a really no. extreme, I have a really extreme example of this. So there was this case, this is really extreme and kind of dark. So sorry people, but it, you know, I read the news and these things drive points home. So there was this kid in Massachusetts. He was super, he was super depressed and suicidal. And I guess the woman with him on the phone at the time sort of encouraged him to kill himself. And he did. And so she's going to go to jail or something for manslaughter. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wow. I have chills. It's terrifying to me. Right. So wait a minute. So yeah, what she did was horrifying unethical and I'm sure unlegal, uh, illegal. It's like bullying. It would be in the category of like bullying and, right. and um, encouraging someone to harm self-harm and all that. I mean, it's definitely, but she didn't kill him. He killed himself. Right. So this is where I draw the line. I don't care how persuasive the Svengali snake oil salesman is or, or woman is on stage. You're a grown up. 
right. pay attention to what people are trying to do to you. You, you. Most things are by your own choice, by your own hand. We can't do things to people. Even extracting the sale. If people are dumb enough to not trust their gut and go, yeah, something's fishy about this. I'm not just, mm, because of peer pressure. They'll go spend their money and then they're unhappy because the program's crap. And then they, you know, and then they go. So that's an extreme example. But right. it's like, it's like, oh, so now suddenly we're responsible for what other people do because of suggestion. That's insane. That's right. insane. I suspect it will be struck down in higher court. I'm praying because that kind of stuff is like, mm-mm. I mean, that's even a, what she did. Very, very slippery. Even what she did was evil. It was evil. It was right. dark. But still, she's just making suggestions. And it's like, oh, she's responsible? No, he's responsible. So we've got to take, the, again, for me, it's the responsibility thing. It's like, I don't care who you're talking to on the phone. Stay in your body, breathe, listen for what's right. Have the deeper conversation. Because when you come to a sales call with your heart open, and this is how I approach it. I, when I get on the phone, and I've done thousands and thousands of sales calls, and I'm very good at it, and I love it. And I love it because for me, they're not stressful. I'm like, oh, I get to find out about someone's personal life. It is such an intimate, sacred act. This person's going to open up to me about what's really bothering them. And people you know, they tell you crazy stuff. Like, oh, my father just died. My dog just died. Oh, you know, this happened. I had to declare bankruptcy because of my medical debt. You know, most bankruptcy is medical debt. Uh, so, you know, they tell you all this stuff. And it's like listening, listening. Can I, can this company help this person? Is this really the right solution for what they've told me? And if it is, I have a responsibility to say, I think you would be a good fit for this program. Here's what it is. Here's why I think you're a good fit. Do you want to know the price now? Because if I tell it to you now, it's going to be more expensive tomorrow. I mean, I'm not an idiot, right? Like, I'm like, you know, and they're like, and they'll say, yeah, yeah, you tell me now, or I'll wait till tomorrow. I got to sleep on it, whatever. And I let people get off the phone because I know people will come back. I just set a bookend with people. If they haven't made their decision, I say, how much time do you need to make the decision? Who do you need to talk to? And they're very clear. Oh, I need to talk to my husband because we have this agreement. Any purchase over $1,000, we agree to talk to each other. Or they say something like, oh, no, I want to do it. I just need to make sure I can transfer the money. Because if I can't transfer the money or it's going to be a huge hit, I'm not going to do it right now. Okay, cool. So it's just finding out really the truth with people and then being very detached from the outcome and staying in what's for the highest good. And so going into a call, I just ask, can I serve this person? Can I really serve them? And if the best service is to help them get out of that problem with a service that my company can provide, then damn straight, I'm going to go right to it. I'm going to say, you know, you'd be foolish not to do this. Right. And money is just an excuse. Or yes. wow, you have such money problems. You're not ready for this program. Right. So but it's that, just that having that. Being able to tell the truth, which is again, go right. You know, it's, it's right. One well, of most the, people one can't of tell the truth. Problems for most salespeople. Well, most people, most people, most people right. lie, lie, lie all the time. And the worst person they lie to is, I mean, the person they lie to the most is themselves. Right. I've been, I've been guilty of that. Total denial about really important things in my life. And then that reckoning of like, oh, wow, I've been totally lying to myself. Oh, oh, so to be a great salesperson, a truly great salesperson, not just someone that converts a lot and right. closes them, because that's just, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other kind of sales that I'm not interested in. But someone who truly wants to make the sale to the right person so that person has a transformation, they've got to be ruthlessly honest with themselves. 
and be yes. completely detached. I don't care if you have bills to pay, Mr. Brown, who's making the sale to Ms. Sally. That isn't Ms. Sally's problem. And if you make that sale, even though you know she doesn't need it, maybe she doesn't even need the service. She needs something else entirely. Like, you know, she needs her knee replaced or something. <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. There's such karma for that. Karma is when, the way I explain karma, because that word gets thrown around a lot, is that, you know, for every action, there is an equal reaction. So every time you do a disservice to someone because of your own insecurity and need, that's a sin. Yes. It is a sin. And sin just means off the mark, right? Sin is an archery term. You either hit the bullseye or you miss it. And we miss it when our own need, our own personal desires get in the way of what's best for the client. And until you can separate the two, you have no business getting on the phone with anybody. You need to go find a job, go work at Starbucks, get your crap together. But salespeople, Amen. salespeople to me are like school teachers. They have to be so in service right? So there to support the other. It is not a me, me, me thing. And, and to right. me, that's what makes the best salespeople. And you're like that, Jim. I've experienced you. I mean, as much right. as you'd like to sell everyone, right? How, who doesn't? Who doesn't want to ha like have a huge payday? We all do. I love money. And it, this is not about money. It's actually not about money, but you get the consistent reward. And I think I've been in business for 21 years because although I have had issues with certain people, I have had some things go south. I keep showing up at the, to the best of my ability. And no, I'm not perfect. I show up and I clean up my messes and, you know, I just keep staying in that mindset of what will be for the highest good, what will serve this person the best. And as long as you do that, people will always remember that. You know, I've said no to people or they've said no to me years ago and they'll come back 10 years later. I just had this happen. Client's been with me 10 years. She did a workshop here, a workshop there. She asked for refunds a few times, whatever. We just refunded her. She just spent $25,000 with me this year. So, so you know, right. it's like foster those relationships because you never know when the person's ready. And she wasn't yes. ready before. And this year she knew it. She's like, I'm ready. I've been lurking on the sidelines. It is time for me to get out of my own way. And she's been showing up 100%. Right. I so, treat it like, you know, it's interesting because I tell people all the time, like, if you're trying to close me on something, I know what I need or want. So it's rare that you're going to convince me that I need it or want it. So just help me make a better decision about why I should do this with you or not. But if you, if you're so close minded on trying to close a sale with me, you're probably going to lose the bigger opportunity because you would much rather have access to my Rolodex and my network than you would my wallet. You can make 20 grand with me or you can make a hundred grand or a million dollars with my network if you right. work together really well. And That's right. we experience that. You know, I turn people down all the time. Some of our best referral partners are people who never spent a penny with us because we didn't sell them anything. We just helped them solve a problem. Same. And, you know, and it's it's amazing. I love that because they know we're in integrity because I'm not here to push for a sale. I'm here to help you solve your problem. And if we can help you solve it, great. But if not, there's plenty of other people who can. And we learned the hard way. Taking those clients typically just is a drain on They're me. They're a everybody. nightmare. Those people are the worst. Yeah. So, oh. man, I could, we could talk about this all day, Beth. I love you and I love being able to spend time with this you. This is fun. Um, yeah. We'll definitely continue this. But in the meantime, everything we're talking about here, ironically, those of you who are just like leaning in and, and grabbing this, 
this is, I was just letting Beth talk because this is who she is. This is, she's, she's an expert in many areas. She's a compassionate warrior for business and for life and for people. Oh, thank you. And she knows what she's doing. She's a great mentor. She's, and yeah, clearly she'll tell you the truth, um, whether you want to hear it or not. It's in your best interest. Um, and the Innovative Visionary Summit is your event. And yes. how, how, what, who needs to be there and what are they going to get when they're there? Well, if you know you're a leader already, this isn't for people like, am I a leader? You, if you're a leader, you know you're a leader because it, a leader isn't something you become. I hate to break it to you. You're either a leader or you're not, and you get told when you're a little kid because they keep asking you to be in charge of stuff. Me all the time. Beth, will you lead this? No, thank you. So leadership isn't something you really seek. It's something that is asked of you and is part of your design. So if you know you're a leader, because you run a business, people are always looking to you for leadership. That's who the summit is for. The visionary is the leader. The visionary is the entrepreneur. Those words all kind of go together. Leader, visionary, the boss. So if you know you're a boss and uh, you're a leader and you want to bring more innovation into your business, more creativity, more fun, do things in a way that flows. Like I'm all about flow now. Like if it doesn't feel good and doesn't flow, if it's too like crunchy, I'm not doing it. Like I don't do all night launches, like none of that stuff. I see what people do, like, oh, we're up all night. I'm like, what are you, what are you trying to get sick? What are you doing? <laughs> so it's just nuts. It's just nuts. We're not children anymore. We're adults here. You get, you know, grown up business, you end at five, go have dinner, go to bed, um, chill out. So uh, yeah, so this is for the leader who wants to live in flow and bring more innovation, more creativity into their business. Of course, I'll bring in, the, the genetic, uh, the biological genetic code into that process as I do at my events. So people start to, um, or continue the process of reshaping their business around who they are. Versus trying to follow someone else's system, which, which will backfire unless that system, systems are necessary, unless that system is aligned to who they are. And that's one of the things I'm able to do with people is go, you know, that system will work great for you. This marketing plan over here doesn't even match with who you are. Why would you do that? Well, I took a course and someone said, I'm like, well, you wasted that money and oh, well, let it go. <laughs> like That's over, <laughs> you know, yes. bless, the, bless that system. But that system's great for, for, for uh, uh, you know, Samantha over here. And that system's great for Bill over there. But this, this process will work really well for who you are. So one size does not fit all. We know that. Uh, so it's really about customizing your business around you. And it's a end of September, I believe it's a, a 20, don't quote me on this, like the 25th, 26th, 27th there in LA. Uh, there is a Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash um, uh, Innovative Visionary Summit. We've got uh, 400 people in there now um, following and uh, I post in there periodically and, and pretty soon, probably March, the sales page will be up, but I'm really excited yeah. about the event. All that information will be, those links will be in uh, the show notes at salesandscripted.com. So make sure you go Thank there. Thank you check it out and get in the group now. It'll give you a good flavor and feel for you know, just experiencing what it's like in Beth's community. So then you'll have a really good feel for, you know, should you make an effort to do everything you can to get to uh, the summit in September or not, you know, maybe you just support from afar, you know, and, and, and check it out. But uh, if you're still leaning in right now in this conversation, then I just encourage you to at least take that action and experience it for yourself. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. And if anyone wants to talk to me, just go to Beth.com and book a call and you know, just, you know, if you know that I can kick you in the butt a little bit, you know, give me a call. And that's B-A-E-T-H dot com. Dot com. That's right. <laughs> Thank you. 
Awesome. All right. So one last thing before we go, uh, what is one thing that you're working on in your personal life that is having impact in your business life? Oh, my health, my health. You know, I'm sleeping nine hours a night and I just ah. came back from the gym, hence my attire. Um, I've been tracking my food and my fitness pal. Thank you, Under Armour. Yes. <laughs> plug for them. I don't make any money from that, but uh, my fitness pal and I, you know, I have this, let me show you. This is crazy. My supplement sheet. Oh, wow. And I, I fill that out. So I'm really tracking everything. You remember that statement? I heard this years ago from one of my mentors. Whatever you track, gets measured and whatever right. you measure you can adjust up or down but you've got to measure it uh so i've i've been really disciplined I, I decided you know with this latest bout of the cancer i mean it's always been there it just has been flaring up and going away and flaring. it's like okay i'm ready to be done with this and i had never until this year decided to fully commit to dealing with it i was always kind of lackadaisical and i'm like okay this needs to be handled so that's what I'm focused on personally is, is radiant, vital health. Awesome. And it's affecting my business because I'm happy and I'm calm and I have wonderful clients. I don't have any difficult clients anymore. They're all wonderful and hardworking and committed and supportive to the other clients. And of course, when people come into our world, I have a huge Rolodex like you, so they're then introduced to the right people. Sort of one of the, I don't advertise that benefit, but it's probably right. the biggest benefit of working with me is, oh, why don't you come to this party with me? There's someone I'll introduce you to. Like, I am a social connector. So being able to leverage that with people who really appreciate it is so rewarding to me. Yeah. You know, it feels so rewarding that that skill, which I didn't really know how to monetize, now has a place. Exactly. And I'm not just doing this to help all these people and not receiving anything in return. I, that's been one of the biggest issues for me is the overgiving and then learning reciprocity. So right. I'm learning to find that balance of give and take as well. Definitely. Love it. Yep. Well, as always, um, a wealth of information and uh, permanently changed from an interaction with you. So I uh, hope you all have taken some, uh, some great notes. I know you've got at least one thing you want to implement and make sure you do and then reach out to us and let us know. I want to know what's going on, how you're, how you're applying this stuff to your life and your business and where the changes are. So I'm so honored to be able to be part of your success team and uh, Strickland, show them what to do next year. We'll see you next time. Until then, do business and life on your terms. We'll talk soon. All right, Jim, I'll show them where to go from here, man. Look, if you love what you're hearing, here is a great way to get more. You can get a free month's access to our awesome drop-in coaching group. Here's all you got to do. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share it. Let us know when you do at salesunscripted.com forward slash get more. Look for the share your review button on the page. That's all you got to do. We'll see you next week.